Good evening and welcome to the Legends of Tabletop podcast. We haven't done this in a little bit, uh, in a little while. Wow, I'm going to have to edit already like 30 <laughs> seconds in fucking bullshit. Uh, so anyhow, uh, welcome to my guests here. We've, we've got two guys uh, hanging out right now with a third possibly on the way. So uh, wow, this is terrible already. I don't do this a lot anymore. Like I just play a lot really of games. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, right? All right, Kurt, go ahead. Who, who's here today? <laughs> oh, who's here today? I'm here today. Hi, it's Kurt from the MFG Cast, co-founder, one of the voices, my sultry voice. Be, be, uh, boy. Now, now you got me going. Now, now I can't think of anything else to up. say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. An awesome board game podcast. I have some friends that come on. We talk games. Sometimes we have John on. Sometimes we have Sean on. It's a lot of fun. Now I'm going to throw it over to Sean. Sean, who the hell are you? Who the hell am I? Uh, I? I don't know who the hell I am. Uh, I'm some jerk from Thing 12 Games. I don't know. I play a lot of games. I design games, publish games, and uh, generally be a uh, bit of a dad joke uh, person on uh, Twitter. So that's me. So I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to totally take John's power away from him. So I heard that <laughs> it could. at first I, I heard it was thing 12 games but i also heard that it, it was supposed to be thing one two games which is it uh it's thing 12 uh okay good. and that came around because there are two shans in our company and when we actually worked together at two different companies and we would call each other thing one and thing two because we're both sean and we both spell it the same way so it was a little confusing so i was thing two he was thing one and when we were trying to come up with company names that crossed our minds but Think one and thing two is a licensed owned property of the Dr. Seuss. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, let's not do that. But what about thing 12? And that kind of plays into the whole Seattle, uh, you know, the Seahawks, you know, blue and green and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a Packer fan, so I have to boo the Seahawks. <laughs> I like cheese. Does that help? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I like you again. We're back on board. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, Thing 12 just came around because of the two of us being together and being a couple of dorks that uh, happen to like each other in some capacity. Nice. Now we have the answer. I think that was Jesse's question, right? I know somebody keep kept asking me to, to ask you what it was. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I, don't, I can't remember stuff. <laughs> so we, we wanted to put a show together just to kind of... You know, kick out 2018, uh, welcome in 2019. Uh, I mean, I play a lot of board games, not as many board games as Sean probably, but, um, you know, just to, to talk about games that we had played, stuff that we're looking forward to, things that are going on in, in our respective creative endeavors and, and kind of looking forward to uh, to 20, 2019 now. Um, and, and Sean, you're like, super like is there like a super duper backer for kickstarter like what's the i mean you're just, you, you've got stuff like all the time it's crazy your twitter feed yeah it's kind of crazy like i uh, just about once a week i've got some game coming in like so much to the point that i don't even like follow all the messages that the the creators send out like you know, whatever i'm just it's too much it's just noise at this point like <laughs> let me know when the damn thing's showing up and then I'll, I'll look for a tracking code or some package mysteriously appears on my door hey all right do you forget this stuff is coming like do you ever get a game and be like did i i did i, I back that i remember that game did i back that game <laughs> um i have gotten packages where i'm like 
Oh, yeah, I backed this. That's cool. Awesome. Yay. Surprise <laughs> for me. <laughs> I'm going to create a game that I'm going to get you hooked on on Kickstarter. I'm going to have you fund it. And then I'm going to say shipping to be charged later. So then when you don't read that response on your email, I'll just charge it 100 bucks for shipping. So I can get a couple of games. <laughs> Fool for plan. You've got me hooked already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Trademarks. No one steal that from me. <laughs> nice. Have you ever backed anything on Kickstarter, Kurt? Are you a, a, a Kickstarter guy? Uh, you know what? I used to never really be a Kickstarter guy, really, just because um, there was just there's too many variables out there that like scared me away from backing stuff. You know, especially from first time creators and stuff like that. Um, but I've become better at it just because I've been able to you know, become friends and talk to some great people like Sean and stuff like that. So, and I've been able to, you know, get on Kickstarter and, you know, fund some great stuff. So um, we've done it a little bit more lately. Uh, and it's one of those things just like with, like, even, even though I don't back a lot of stuff, uh, I kind of get the same thing with Sean. I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. I backed that game. Well, whenever it comes, it comes, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, you know how a lot of people go, okay, well, I've been waiting six months and seven days, or I've been waiting three and a half years or whatever. Me, I'm just like, okay, well, I remember, I remember that somebody sent a message saying that, you know, they made some pasta tonight and the game's on its way. Okay, well, then I'll just, <laughs> I'll wait for it to come out. You know, when I, or I'll wait to get it when I get it. kind of thing. Yeah. And it, I feel like it's a little bit different for, for folks like us that, you know, podcast and, and, you know, are involved in the community to be like, you know, oh, that, you know, that game is a year and a half. Like I just got, I'm not throwing Tasty Minstrel under the bus, but I just got my copy of Crusaders a couple of weeks ago and it was supposed to ship, I think in May last year. Well, I got it in December, but it's Tasty Minstrel. Like, it's not like you're not going to get your game. Okay, yeah. it's not when they promised it, it but the quality's great. The gameplay is awesome. And, you know, like, they just they get a pass for it. And maybe that's fair, and maybe it's not. The same thing with Oscar. Um, you know, Cthulhu Invictus went probably about the same, maybe about a year and a half. So it was it was overdue. But it's like, I know Oscar. Like, again, it's not like my, my money's being sold or I'm not going to get a product. It's just later than, you know, what, what we would have expected. And it's awesome. And I have it. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a fine line. Like, if you're just random Joe Schmo and you're like, oh, this looks like a cool game. Oh, I'm going to get it in May. And then May comes and goes and June comes and goes. And you're like, what the fuck? I. I gave you all this money. Where's my stuff? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's tough. It's tough. Well, especially like, I feel like it depends upon your personality too. Like as, you know, as a kid of the eighties and stuff like that, you know, you know, on getting stuff online and tracking that kind of stuff wasn't a thing, you know, you just either your aunt bought it for you or you happen upon it on a store and you grabbed it and you played it and you had fun, you know, and this other, some of this stuff is, you know, it's a learning process too, because, you know, you have to do, you know, luckily for the internet, you can do a lot more research. So you can kind of be like, okay, I can kind of stay away from this or this is actually really fun. So, you know, I should, I'll, I'll, I would love to see what this is about. Well, there's also a bit of a, uh, there's an onus on the Kickstarter creator, right. To be talking to people and say, Hey, you know, we're running late because X, Y, Z. Um, we've had some of our projects kind of go longer than we really anticipated, um, and uh, Sales of Cthulhu right now is, is over 
where we are hoping it to be. But we're also communicating that to backers, like, here's what we're working on, here's where we are. So it doesn't feel like we vanished. Yeah. You yeah, know, and you're yeah. like, where the hell did you just skip out to Mexico and take over their money? What what the hell? Like right, we're letting right. people know and we're keeping them communicated. Yeah, that's that's true. And 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 both Tasty Minstrel and, and Oscar over Golden Goblin. I mean, the same thing. I mean, Oscar, like to the extreme. I think we were getting messages like once a week, maybe every other week, <laughs> where uh, you know, over at Tasty Minstrel, it was you know maybe once a month. Hey, this is where things are at. And, and a lot of times, stuff like that's out of your guys' control. You know, you you order uh, you know game components from China, and like you know New Year, like they shut down. Like if your Kickstarter runs through the new year, like that that's a month, write that off because they don't work. Like that's it, you know, and, and you have no control over that. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, the shipping thing can be an issue. I mean, you can have all kind. you, you plan those as best you can. You know, we, we plan out with a lot of padding into our, our schedules and it's still like things go screwy because maybe you're, you're artist that suddenly gets sick for a couple of weeks, right? Well, mm. crap. Now that thing has to wait until he gets better so he can actually work on the thing. So there's all kinds of things that can derail it. And again, it's just communication. Let people know. And generally, people are pretty understanding. They're like, okay, we, we see progress. You're talking to us. We get it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's key. I mean, as with anything in life, right? Like communication is just, you know, such a a key uh, you know, thing to have, you know, we, your spouse with your work, with your whatever, like that's just, and, and when people are doing that, you know, you should be flexible. Like, okay, cool. It was supposed to come X, but you know, like you said, you're, you're telling me, you know, all right, I'm good. You know, keep me in the loop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, with as many Kickstarters as you back, have you uh, gotten burned on, on any or many? Uh, yes. I'm sad to say I have. Uh, and two that are, Kind of big ones too, and it really stings. Uh, one of the earlier ones that I backed, I want to say it's like the fourth or fifth game that I backed. Um, I went all in on that one, and like really mm -hmm. cool minis and really cool theme. This post-apocalyptic uh, fighting against all these demons and monsters, and just really cool art, art style. It hit all the things that you're kind of looking for. Like they had all their maps done, and they showed all this stuff, and it looked like it was all good to go. And as after it funded and it funded for a lot, like a couple mil, um, he just progressively stopped communicating and then just vanished. So that's just, that's one I'm never getting. And that was like, good God, five years ago, more than that, six years ago. That's that one really sucked a lot. Uh, there was another one that was fairly recent by space goat. Um, they did, uh, let's see, they did evil dead two or evil dead or evil dead two. Uh, and then they also did uh, Terminator uh, board games. And they were up here in Bellingham. So we actually interviewed them for our podcast. And, you know, we got a chance to play the game. We talked to the designers like, OK, yeah, we're totally on board for this. And the game looked awesome. Like, I'll support the Terminator one. Uh, the guy was honestly a giant douche. And he drove away all the people that were working for him. And they didn't have anyone to finish things up. And uh, basically, he just went silent. And so everybody's wow. like all pissed off and they started this whole Facebook page, like hold them accountable and like that's never gonna happen. Positive <laughs> note on that, uh someone actually came along and they're working with Jasco to actually take over the Evil Dead game and they're like, We're gonna re kickstart this and the new backers are gonna get the game and the people that backed it before are gonna get the game as well. 
<laughs> and if that if that works out, they're going to try and do the Terminator game as well. So that might have a happy ending. That's good. <laughs> I hear you know every once in a while something will get picked up. You know when someone disappears and they'll try to you know, at least hit the, the, the backers, even if there's no like, Oh, we've got this for sale. Like at least let's get you your thing, you know? Yeah. Which is good. I looked at that evil dead game too. Cause I love evil dead. And I was like, eh, I don't know. Like, you know, games based on movies and TV shows generally are not fantastic. And I'm like, ah, I'm just not going to, and it was, I don't think it was cheap either. I think it was an expensive game, right? Like 60, 80 bucks or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was a full minis game, you know, like, player boards and tokens yeah. and you know all that kind of crap and yeah that's just i mean and to no fault of any backers like i said like we yeah. met with the people who freaking played the game like how much more can trust could give with someone and we're like oh i guess the guy's a, a dick and he's gonna screw everybody over yay <laughs> yeah uh, and that's part of the that's part of the researching that sucks if you don't know you know the personality of somebody like that and you're like oh I I'm giving all this money to somebody that I wouldn't normally do that to because they're a, uh, not a great human being you know that yeah. sucks so I only got burned on one and it was one I jumped in like right at the last minute it was for uh, a reprint of an RPG and I was like ah I listened to a live play and I'm like this might be really cool with the right group of people we'll, we'll get something it was like 15 bucks like I just backed for the PDF everything was going through funded got a message like the August like I think it wrapped in like June or July got a message in August guy disappeared. I, and I, you know, I sent them it because I know sometimes stuff comes late. Like we do a lot of interviews and stuff. Like I get it. Like I'm in the loop, you know? So I'm like, Hey, just reaching out, you know, you know, editing sucks, you know, whatever, you know, print pro. Hey, just looking for a heads up. up nothing. Nothing. Never got anything. Wow. People were posting like his Facebook profile and the, you know, in the message chats and all that stuff. And I'm like, I, like I don't want to stalk the guy. Like it's fifteen dollars, right? It's not going to make me or break me. But you know, it was a, it was a known designer. It was a known system. Like it wasn't huge system, but you know, it wasn't like Joe Blow. Like it was this guy. I'm like wow, you're. I guess you're an asshole. Like, <laughs> and stuff happens, right? And people get sick. I know he had a kid because they were posting pictures on, on the thing, but like. Ah, you know, it takes two seconds to write a thing and be like, oh, this was more than I expected or whatever, you know, something. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. It, yeah. You got to own up on that kind of stuff, especially if it's something that, you know, I don't know. I don't know how anybody could do that. I mean, unless it's something that's so detrimental that they can't speak on it. I, I don't understand it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, I mean, considering the number of games that I've backed, like I've backed literally hundreds of games, <laughs> the number of ones that have like gone south in some bad way, like half of a percent, right? So I think the ones that really like that fail to deliver really kind of cause to think, oh, there's a lot of people doing this. Like, no, nah, it's not the routine thing, right? So mm -hmm. I think for someone to get that kind of wrong idea about Kickstarter, it's just do your homework and, you know, look and see what past things they've done. Uh, have they failed to fulfill on any past projects? Well, maybe you shouldn't back this one if they can't do the stuff that they are still working on. So, yeah. Well, it, it kind of, you know, keeping on this Kickstarter theme for now, uh, have we reached like 
peak Kickstarter? I mean, are, are we, do we still see, you know, growth going forward and, you know, in the gaming section specifically, I mean, I, you know, Kickstarter, whatever, but, you know, for, for board games and card games and all that kind of stuff. What was there? It was, uh, I was talking to Sean earlier today. I want to say last year was 147 million made on Kickstarter just in the tabletop section. Wow. That is a crap ton of money. <laughs> so is. I would say we haven't hit it because as big as we as we see the tabletop industry going, it's still pennies compared to like the video game industry. And sure. even like oh, yeah. our awareness is growing, but it's still like small potatoes compared to like the vast number of people that don't even know about tabletop games. Like, oh yeah, I've heard about people playing stuff. I guess they're playing Monopoly at these conventions. Like <laughs> Yeah, there's still a lot of people that have no idea. So I don't yeah. think it is, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. Like, I think this is going to be an interesting year as we start to see more companies. Like Stronghold's going to put something on Kickstarter. Like that's them. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Like I, like he was Bonacore was our first interview, and I remember he said he was never going to do that. That's that's crazy, right? Yeah, like and, and it's part of that whole partnership that he did with. Uh, indie boards and cards because they've been really big on doing things through Kickstarter. So I think they're going to try their hat at it and see how it goes. I suppose when you have, when you have people, people in your brand, you know, whatever you want to call it there within that company that know what they're doing. Of course, he's probably a little, a little safer to be like, okay, I, I trust these guys. Now we partnered up. So now they can do the, they can do that stuff because they have more of a background in it where he probably didn't have anybody that was like big into the background of it. So yeah, it's less risk for him at this point. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and even like, you know, with, you know, with these bigger companies, you say like, uh, you know, stronghold games, it, it's typically like a one person operation. Like there's not a hundred people that are like doing stuff. It's, one guy or you know a couple of people like you know putting all this stuff together so if you don't have you know an expertise in that or uh you know just the time to be able to put into all that like like it's just not an option well especially for him like he wants to like he's got so much tied up in doing the whole normal publishing that probably just like it doesn't make sense for him to try and invest in that aspect of it so like, hey, we've partnered with someone that's already got it, then sure, let's try it because, you know, this could be viable for us. And, you know, I think it's cool. Steven's an awesome guy. Like, I've met him a couple of times and, uh, you know, a better steward of the tabletop industry I couldn't imagine. You know, he's a, he's a great guy. So I think, you know, that's a great one to kind of maybe bring more people into the whole Kickstarter realm again. Right. No, definitely. I, we had we had Stephen on man, fucking a while back now. I can't even remember. He was one of the early ones. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but so I think like you know obviously for like cool mini like it's pre order right. I mean, and then people are unhappy with that. Even it's like oh you get this exclusive thing at this level like with the last Kickstarter. Okay, cool. Now we're, we sold that out, so we're going to add another one, and you get this cool thing. But you're the only one that's going to get it, and now you get this cool thing, and it's like eh, it's either exclusive or it's not, right? Like you got to like do your thing. You're going to make your money. It's fine, but but for guys like you and you know Hidden Creek with Dragon Dodge and like you know all these people that we've had on, like this is the way to get a game to market because it's like hey, I don't have 
30 grand to make molds and you know pay for shipping and do all this stuff like we have to go to kickstarter or else this really cool thing that we have that we put together that we created that people enjoy we can't get it to you unless we have this format yeah it was interesting to see um to see cool when you're not actually pull back a little bit and go like we're going to do some stuff like traditional uh publishing but we're also going to keep things that are more kickstarter focused and i think that's pretty smart for them um, I'm a big fan of the others, you know, they're, they're one versus many horror game, mm. but that man, that bombed commercially so hard. Like yeah. it went 50% off super fast. Yeah. And I think part of that's price, you know, it's like, it's a hundred dollar game and you drop that at a local game store and there's not that many people that are going to go, sure. I'll throw a hundred bucks on this game. What, what? Yeah. And I only get some of the creatures. Like, I don't get this. Um, but for the the backers, like we saw the whole thing, right? Yeah, I'm all in. Give me all the stuff at one time. Yeah, and I yeah. it all. <laughs> so it's smarter to do that for them. So yeah, I, I think that's a, a wise choice on their part. Yeah, that makes sense. I, 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 it's rare that I spend that much on a game. Like I look at some of the stuff, I'm like that's really cool, uh, you know. And then either you know, time wise, you know, it's, you know, it's. Twilight Imperium, like I'm not going to play a game for six hours or eight hours or 14 hours. Like I would rather role play. I've said this on the show before. Like if we're going to do that, let's let's role play. Like I enjoy playing board games, but I I don't want to do it for. Let, let's play 12 different games over you know six hours or eight hours as opposed to this one thing. <laughs> like this is you know so like I, I think that affects. You know, people, because I, 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 and maybe not like hardcore board gamers. I don't know. What do I know? Uh, but like for us, I play a lot of games at work. So like our time frame is about an hour. You know, my brother comes over, he plays games with us, you know, comes over for dinner after work. We play games. Maybe we have two hours. So, you know, like there's games that are just not on the table for me, either for player count or time, because we're, we're just not going to get to it. And and price is another thing, like a hundred bucks for a game. Oh, I don't know, you know, like it's a lot of money. <laughs> we have Jesse joined us. What's going on? You're like you're well past time. Like there's Jesse time, and now we're like double that. What's going on? You're mute, and you're muted to mute. You're not even ready. <laughs> Come on. Nope, still can't hear you. You've got a great headset, and yet we can't hear anything I'm from you. I'm not even going to edit this out. Anything there out. it is. <laughs> I must How have, much did you pay for that headset that I, we can't hear you on? I must have sat on the on the mute button. So what's yeah, up? Nothing. I have my My Little Pony character sheet all written up. That's what we're doing tonight, right? <laughs> nice. Well, we gotta get we gotta get uh, John, other John, Beta on, right? So he can get his My Little My My Little Pony dice going. Exactly. I figured he was DMing this. Awesome. Well, we we've yeah. been uh, we've been ruminating on Kickstarter, uh, uh, back in projects and all that kind of stuff. Are you a Kickstarter guy yourself? I know you don't play as many board games as the rest of us, yeah. but are you? I usually tend to pick up Kickstarter stuff after it's already been kickstarted and released. Okay. So, so you're putting money in, in guys like Sean's pocket because you're paying full price. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> well, awesome, here's a awesome. I have a I have a question. 
So, you know, so with Jesse and with John, you guys like did you if you're going to play something longer, you're going to play an RPG. So like, you know, you've got these RPG books and th- those can be pretty absorbent too. Oh, yeah. 60 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Easy. you know, what's the difference between getting a book that you can put all the you can put all this time into that's about the same price and a board game that you could do the same? I, for me, it's the solo. So it, it, when you buy a book, it feels it's a reference. It's something that I can read by myself and I can go over and I do. I think it's more of a mindset issue. It's like I could have a collection of, of games um, that could sit on my shelf and I'd feel like I'm wasting them. Whereas if I have a collection of books that I'm sitting here wasting it doesn't it it doesn't feel like a waste because I can still pick it up and look through it and feel like I'm being productive with it. So just because you can read the contents of it makes it different. Exactly. Yeah. Even okay. though I could I could like go through a game. Like I think that's why something like uh like Gloomhaven, like you, you you spend a ton of money on it and it's kind of meant to be played with multiple people but you can play it by yourself so at least you feel like when you're not able to play it you're not wasting it yeah yeah i i just played a we just played a game last night actually and it's the arkham horror court card game and that kind of feels you know kind of rpg-ish in a you know in a board game and stuff like that where it's got Mm -hmm. its own story and stuff like that and we actually have the game but my buddy got it and he brought it over and we played the first scenario I played the first scenario again, but I hadn't played that for like a year. So I, of course I forgot everything about it, you know, <clears throat> except for like one little thing, which was still fine, but mm. it's kind of cool to have that. It still has that thing where you can kind of have that story to it too, where you're kind of learning something just like you would play an RPG on it, even mm-hmm. though it doesn't have the, it doesn't have the, your character talks about your talks to your other character about what's going on in the story. Even though I felt like sometimes we kind of did that, you know, mm-hmm. cause it was like you pick in that game for the first scenario. It's like you pick the lead, the lead investigator and the lead investigator, that's their house and their and some spooky shit is going on in their house. And I'm like, I hate your house. I, I don't want to <laughs> be in this house anymore. I don't care what kind of ghouls or whatever. Like I, you, you need to just, you know, call it good. You know, we need to get out get the hell out of here, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it has that, that aspect too, but yeah, I just wondered on that because it just feels like, you know, a lot of RPGs, you know, a lot of times they know that it's going to be this one time thing, you know, sometimes they have some other books that go with it, but a lot of times they know it's this one thing. So they're going to put like a pretty decent amount on it, you know, and, mm-hmm be like okay so what exactly you know is this really worth this much to me am i gonna get the 60 bucks am i gonna get the 50 bucks out of it you know right like i was able to get a bunch of dmd books from dan because he was like i i Mm -hmm. I already know a lot of people that have them and i I don't need them you know and he's like here i'll give it to you for this much i'm like sweet (laughs) you know because i'm like i'm like i can't i'm sorry right now i can't pay 200 dollars for all these books because my wife would murder me you know so I think one yeah one thing too is we put such a weird spin when we buy like you know I was talking about you know wasting the money and wasting the time on it but we put such a weird spin on where if we we feel like if we play a if we spend $60 on a board game and if we're not playing that thing every single month at least once 
for you know a handful of months we feel like well it's wasted money yet you're most people are totally fine blowing 60 bucks on a video game that they'll play for five or six hours and it's over but they feel like they got their money's worth on that Mm -hmm. whereas if you play if you play a board game you know say it lasts an hour and a half two hours uh but you've only played it twice you know, you've still kind of recouped your money if you comparatively speaking. And when you compare it to like a, a Blu-ray or going to the movies or buying a video game. But I think it's still, you know, that kind of mindset of, well, I've only done it a couple of times. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I always think that stuff's kind of funny because like I work in retail and I always love when mm. people come in and they look at like a football jersey and they're like, this is a hundred bucks. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but you're wearing jeans that are bedazzled that are, that are like $200. I don't want to hear it. I'm sorry. You know? Well, I'll throw in. we got some people hanging out in the chat. Leah said the, the books are imagination fodder. You know, kind of like just mm-hmm. you go through, read through them. And, you know, if I if I could get this campaign together or whatever, like, oh, I could, you know, put in this monster. I can use this thing or whatever. And uh, N20 Games hanging out and says RPGs are like a set of encyclopedias. Uh, you know, so again, so like, you know, just being able to pull it off the shelf, thumb through it, look at the art, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I, you know, I think that, you know, that bigger box game, a game that's going to cost you $100 is like for me, it, it's a game that's going to take X number of hours. It's not going to be that, you know, half an hour splendor experience or 15 minutes play like fucking rapid fire um but it's gonna be a game that's gonna take you a while to play so depending on you know your your gaming situation like all of our role playing is all online like everything is online Mm -hmm. um and you you can't really do that with you can tabletop simulator and some of these other things but you know it's a social thing you want to sit at the table and play a board game and and feel the components like i got the deluxified version of crusaders and it's it's amazing mm. like the metal coins and the, the plastic that looks beautiful the, the chunky wooden buildings and all that so like that doesn't translate if you're doing that online so like uh yeah i mean to, it's a time issue i i guess it's kind of like what what everybody else was saying is you know i can pick up a book and read through it i could make a character um and i think a little bit of the difference too is like i'm i'm only probably gonna buy an rpg book that i'm probably gonna play i'm not just gonna drop 60 bucks on a book and stick it on the shelf if i'm never gonna play it i mean what's the point <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I well, drop sixty bucks on a game, I'm gonna play it. Like, cause I do my re- like I'm watching playthrough videos, I'm watching reviews, I'm I'm doing research online. Like, I don't ever walk in the store and be like, "Oh, this looks interesting." Like, I go in with a list. You have this? Is it open? Can I play it? Can Can you tell me about it? Like, I already know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the guys yeah. in our play group, uh, he'll walk into the board game store and be like. Uh yeah, that's new. That looks cool. I'll get that one and like oh. <laughs> just do that. Just randomly grab stuff. I I've I've done that only a few times in my life, and the times that I have, I've been burnt. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this looks good, and you open it up, and it, you might as well you might have might as well have just taken a dump in a box because I'm like, oh, why did I do this? You why know, did I buy dump in the box? What was I expecting? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I should have asked, what's in the box? You know, what's in the box? <laughs> now I think that's my big problem. My my apprehension with Kickstarter is that. I, I feel 
and while I I do put a lot of um, onus on like great creators and great publishers and everything, I know chances are if they've created like even two or three really good games ahead of before, chances are their games from now on are mostly going to be really good. Um, but I just I I have a really big apprehension about going on and just buying something that I've never played before, and that really hasn't. I know. I know creators like play test the bejesus out of the games before even throwing them on Kickstarter, but just uh, without hearing a, a a lot of people who have already played it and all that kind of stuff, I I have a problem dropping like fifty or sixty or seventy bucks on something that I don't know if I'm going to like or not, or even how many times I'm gonna feel like playing it until I I'm like oh, all right I think I've done this. Well, so, I mean, so that leads me to, to my next question then. Like, you know, how do you feel about this cult of the new? Like, I know, Kurt, you guys were playing uh, Keyforge last night as well. And, you know, you see it come out. I see, again, I've talked about this on the show, see stuff come across Twitter and everybody's, oh, you, you got to try this and that. Look at these pictures and this is beautiful and you got to try this game. And it's like, boom, it came out. Everybody's got to have it. I don't know. That doesn't really work for me. Like, for me, that that's a no-go. Like I said, I'm going to do my research. I'm going to look in. You know, is there... And there's definitely that that cult of the new thing that happens. Like, I, I mean, is that just, you know, because as gamers, we're collectors, whether it's the board games or the books or the, the video games or whatever, like we just want to have all the things? Yeah, I think it, there's definitely a part of that. Uh, there's there's definitely a FOMO, like the fear of missing out uh, that people talk about. Like it's the new thing. And so you want to be on the bleeding edge with everybody else. Like you don't want to be the person left out. You know, they can't really, like, talk about the cool stuff that, that's out there. Um, I think that's, but that's with just about anything. Like, new comics come out and everybody's, like, talking about this new book or the new movie or have you seen the new series? Like, people want to be part of that community that's really excited about a thing. So I think you get that across the whole spectrum, right? I mean, is it, I, it's, I feel like that's a social thing, though, right? Like, that's just, you know, it's the same thing with Facebook and, and, you know, and even with Twitter, like all this social media stuff. Like, oh, I just went to here. I just went there. I just, we got a new puppy. I, I bought a new car. I did whatever. Like, is that just play into our uh, social inadequacies of, like, I, I've got to get that, too, because everybody's talking about it? I'd, I'd say that's, that probably plays into it a bit uh, from a psychological standpoint. Um I think for some people, it's just, you know, wanting to have that, um, want to have something new all the time. Like you, some people just get bored, like doing, even if it's a good game, like if they play a game more than like five times, they're like, ah, I'm bored with that, whatever. Like they, they, they constantly have to have new information coming in or new experiences all the time to be able to like get enjoyment out of things. And, you know, if that's, a, that's your thing, you know, that's fine. You know, you know do that. Um, some people would rather, play a game you know like a hundred times over and and discover the depth that's in there i kind of i'm somewhere in the middle i'd love to be able to do that but if i was going through looking at my plays for 2018 and like 90 percent of them are all like one play all right <laughs> <laughs> hey at least we got to that point right there's a lot of people i haven't even gotten to that point you know it's like oh that's been in the plastic wrap for three years boy I sure like to get that one out eventually Mm -hmm. Oh, the pile of shame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, that's that's like one of our resolutions for this year is that we're going to play every single game that we have not played. And we're, we've actually done pretty good with ours. 
But now because of Christmas and like our families being really good, they're like, here, here's some games. And we're like, holy shit. Okay. We've got some work to do, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but like, as far as like the cult of the new thing goes, like I've gotten a lot better with that. I remember when we first started the podcast and getting into gaming, it kind of like all kind of came together right at the same time so we're all like you know little kids that are like okay we need this we need that we need this this that, 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 that. and it's like okay number one you don't have enough money for that and number two you don't have enough time for that you know regardless of how old you are at the time um we weren't you know we weren't super old but we're also we were kind of getting into our families and stuff like that too so you know we weren't able to just grab everything and <clears throat> excuse me and I've, you know, been pretty good about seeing some things and, and knowing right away, like, I know that this is number whatever on BGG. I know this is the next, next best thing in role playing, but I will never like this and I will never <laughs> want to play it. I mean, I, it, it's, it sucks to say because a lot of times that, you know, especially being a part of a podcast, you want to be like, I like all the things because I want to be supportive of the community, but also I don't want to lie to anybody and be like, this is great barf. You know, you just, you don't want to do that. You want to, I let, I'm the, I'm the kind of person that likes to be honest with everybody. You know, it's like, I'm not going to like, you know, I'm not going to spoon feed you what you want to hear because that's just not, that's not fair to you. Yeah. Right. I, would, I mean, as a publisher, I'd rather have people be honest about, you know, a game that I'm making. Like if, you know, if there's a, a podcast review, you know, or a game reviewer, and they're more into Euro games, and they play one of mine, and they're like, "Oh, you know, that's not this isn't a game that I like. Here's why." Blah 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 blah. Good. I don't want people that are more in that line picking it up and then not being excited to play it and like then hating it. Like, if, if my game isn't your bag, please don't buy it. I want you to go <laughs> play something that you like. That's cool. <laughs> You'd rather, I mean, it, I, I think you, you hit it on the point where if it, if you put it like food, if somebody doesn't like steak and then they go to a steak restaurant and be like, well, the food's garbage here. It's like, well, I mean, if if you only like a certain type of game and then you play a game that's outside of that genre and you don't like it, don't knock the game, knock your taste. Or, yeah. or just, you know, hey, th this isn't my kind of game. This is the experience that I've had. You may like it, but it's mm -hmm. like it's not right. in our play group, you know. That kind admit of that, yeah, admit that. <laughs> don't yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. call the game out for something that's not the game's fault. Right. Yeah. For sure. yeah we, and we try to do that when we do reviews, too. It's like I don't like to go like this is crap. You know, I just like to say it's not our cup of tea. Like that's that's one of our kind of our ratings at the bottom is it's just not our thing. It doesn't mean it's not your thing. I mean, you could just you could love it. I could be completely wrong in your eyes. I'm not going to tell you what's what. Well, the funny thing is, like even like the worst game you could find on, you know, Board Game Geek, you're going to find someone that likes that game that like that <laughs> sings to them. It speaks to them on some level. Right. There's there's an audience for just about anything. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of games that I that aren't really my cup of tea. And like, you know, that's that's cool. Like and like whatever you like, it's fine. Yeah. So well to, to piggyback on that then, did you guys have a particular style that you completely enjoy to play a hundred percent of the time? And then conversely, do you have a style or kind of game that you don't like to play? Uh for me, 
co-ops are not really my bag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd rather be at people's throats and, you know, attacking each other and screwing each other over. Uh, competitive games are fine because then you're working together until you turn <laughs> on each other in glorious fashion. Uh, so that, that's kind of my thing. Kurt? Um, for me, like, my, f- my favorite game, it feels like more as I play is like Euro style game, which is weird because when I first started playing games, I'd never thought that I would be that guy really. Like, I don't like to play like super heavy Euro games, but I have and I've enjoyed them. But I don't think there's anything out there that I don't like really. The only thing I don't play enough enough of probably is party games just because I don't have that many friends, unfortunately. So it's hard to do that. And then if I try to play like a party game with my family, a lot of times they don't want to. So that part <laughs> is tough. <laughs> um, I was lucky lucky enough. I have it right here just because I got two copies of it. So eventually I'm going to have to give one away, but I'd be gr- glad to do it. We played uh, uh, News at 11 by Floodgate Games. Where basically you're just making up your own uh, news, uh, news, news stories on the fly, and you do like a morning, evening, and night stuff. And we, I did that with my family, and I loved it. And we played, we played this at Gen Con like 2015. We just kind of happened upon like find a spot, and the guy that showed us it was a super cool guy and super nice. And we, somebody wrote something super inappropriate on a card and we we're like, that is amazing. And it, was like, <laughs> it just turned out so well, you know? And uh, I, when I first introduced it to my family, I thought for sure, like, this is like my dad and my sister and my brother, guys that don't really like to play anything super past, like, cards and sorry and stuff like that like i didn't think it would go well and it was a blast so it's sometimes you know again it it goes to show you with that other thing too it's like don't give up on something just because one thing didn't work out you know Mm -hmm. so jesse what about you uh i can't because i don't have a lot of time to play or you know coordinating schedules and getting people together i play so infrequently i can't get into anything super crunchy if I if I'm looking at like a review of a game or anything and there are just too many piles of cards <laughs> or if, or if the board is if there's just too much going on, I'm like, I can't take the time to learn all this and get enjoyment out of playing the game. I think the the heaviest I can go is uh, something like Pandemic or like Catan or something where it it looks complicated on the surface but when you get into it, it there's really not a ton going on uh like games i that's kind of my my default right there mm-hmm. like that that in lower i'll go <laughs> i'll go i'll go Catan and then uh like fly or like we didn't play test this or like my recent one is unstable unicorns like <laughs> that's like <laughs> nice. right in there anything above that i can't do so. <laughs> yeah all right, that's fair. I uh, I love an abstract game. Uh, Onitama, Santorini. We, mm. I picked up Blue Lagoon last year, which had like a five point five rating on Board Game Geek. I fucking love it. We were playing last night. The kids were screaming. It's it's a freaking nightmare. Uh, but it's so good. You know, it's just like don't put that don't put that token. I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> like I'm I'm literally doing. Don't do it. Um, but like that's just how we play. Like I mean, we you know we're 
ridiculous. Um, so co-op, not really my bag. <laughs> uh, you know, I want to out strategize. I want to outplay. I want to, you know, so and and random get like dice games and stuff. Like we picked up zombie dice at uh, PAX in 2012 when we went out for the first time. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. We played it quite a bit. And now I look at it and go, oh, zombie dice. You know, like <laughs> there's no, hey, there, there's you know no. What? You know? I just I just got my three year olds playing zombie dice. So, but that's different. Like that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, like that's great. But like when my brother comes over, I don't want to roll dice and be like, "Well, I guess I got all shotguns. That sucks. I guess it's your yeah. turn." Like, no. Like, I am gonna kick the shit out of you. <laughs> so it was funny because I, I guess I was listening. To, maybe it was like episode three eleven, Kurt, or or maybe it was uh maybe it was a tweet or so. I don't even know how it came up, but I know I tweeted at you. Uh, and, and Tracy had said something to the effect of, I guess it was episode 311. Like, I, I you know, I just want to play a game. Like, I don't want to have this cutthroat and like rub it in your face. Like, all this. And I, and I texted their, uh, I, uh, I tweeted to Kurt. And I'm like, well, I guess we'll never be able to play games together. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that too, because when it comes to abstract games, apparently that piece of my brain fell out a long time ago. So when I play these games, it's not that I don't have fun with them. I do. I just don't win at them. So that part is kind of frustrating when you're just like, you're like, man, apparently there's just something that needs to click. Maybe I had to smack my head a little harder. It's something needs to happen. You know, we uh, for the first time, me and Tracy actually played an exit game. And wow, I was just so lost, so lost. <laughs> and I'm glad they give you clue cards to like help you out. But it, literally, I'm like what is going on? And then they give you a clue and I'm like, Nope, still don't know. Let's look at the next one. <laughs> okay. We're getting warmer. Let's just look at the solution. Cause I don't know, you know, and then you look at the solution, you go, I just, I, I guess I'll have to put this together to see what happens, you know? And they're like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. And it's funny too, because when I, I'll watch movies and I'll watch shows, like I'll watch Sherlock Holmes and I can be like, Oh, I get what's going on here. Okay, cool. You know, but then I play these games and I'm like, Wow, I'm glad I don't get stuck in these situations because I'd be dead, starving, <laughs> stabbed to death, you know, whatever. You know, it's just like, wow, holy crap. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's like we were talking about, with like, you know, with reviewing board games, like not every game is for every player. But, you know, there's stuff out there that, you know, like I love Splendor. We still play the shit out of Splendor. We, I download, I just got the app. It was on sale. I play it by myself now. Like there, there's never a time that that won't be it just scratched that itch for me to play that game. But then, you know, there's other people you're like, you know, oh, I love Splendor. Like, oh, you know, Splendor, you know, no theme, you know, blah, 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 whatever. I'm like, grab the chips. Like, if you have the original edition, and I do, and I went to eBay to get it because I'm like, it's just so satisfying to clink, clink, clink. Uh, it's amazing. I, it's just, you know, there's, there's something about certain games that really just kind of get the hooks into you. And like, for me, like, that's just abstract is the thing like I, for whatever reason sometimes i think the abstracts are a little easier for people to grok uh like santorini is like super easy to teach to people and you know it's not a very thematic game yeah per se but you it's know pretty. it's pretty it's gorgeous yeah. yeah i mean you can teach it to you know a five-year-old it's just it's so simple it's like move and build move and build um azul is another one like that's that's a total abstract game but it's super easy to teach to people and they're it's like attractive pieces and pretty soon you're playing and you're like screwing each other over and you know there's a lot of interaction and it's like it's a great time yeah. 
Well, that, I think that's the thing, like with the abstracts, is like you're saying, they're they're very easy to teach. There's not, you know, quote unquote, a lot to it. But then you get into start playing it, and the in the depth of strategy on a lot of these games is really where it it gets you. And like that's where it feeds for me, like that alpha gamer kind of thing. Like I'm gonna like just rub your nose on the board because I'm just gonna like ta- like it's just it, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely get a kick out of that. But so, so talking about then games we picked up last year. So like we got Blue Lagoon at the end of the year. We got Crusaders towards the end of the year, uh, which I finally got my first win today. I think I actually won last night. My my daughter's boyfriend cheated. I think he just walked by, uh, which was just kind of my fault. We gave I I was I thought I went first, so I'm like I took the last bit of the influence tokens, and I'm and I'm like I think I think that's it. And I'm like no no wait I went first. And you go again. But he went first. Fuck. So I was thinking about it this morning. Like, damn it, I think I won that game last night. <laughs> Rickon, Rickon. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything that you guys picked up that you were, like, super looking forward to last year? Uh, something that was new for you? Um, just, you know, what, what was your what was your best play last year? All that kind of stuff. Ah, oh, geez. Uh, let's see. Based on the number of plays that I've gotten of certain games, Um <laughs> I'd probably list, uh, I think there's four that stick out for me. Uh, Azul is one. Uh, I've played the crap out of Azul. Uh, And you're not good at it either. Yeah, I just get my ass handed to me on a regular. Oh, boy. My wife just wipes the floor with me. It's funny. Um, That's a mark of a good game is if you can lose it, like, consistently and still want to come back for more Mm -hmm. beatings. I lose routinely at games. <laughs> I, I'm good at publishing and designing them, not winning them at all. <laughs> um, we uh, we are not allowed to buy an expansion to any game until I've won it, and we don't own many expansions. <laughs> nice. I would never own expansions without me. <laughs> uh, I also played uh, Palm Island. That was a, a solo play game that I, I got off Kickstarter, and that was... An amazing solo game because you play it just holding the cards in your hand. And so I could literally play it anywhere. I would play it on the train, like going into work. That was really cool. Um, what was another one? Uh, the Estates. Oh, my God. I fell in love with that game. And again, that game is just vicious. Oh, my God. It's the meanest thing ever. More abstract. Uh, not a very thematic game. I think, John, you would love that game. Okay. Uh, it plays in like 45 minutes. Super easy to teach. And just it's it's a knife fight out of the gate. It's a knife fight. Estates. I'm gonna write it down. That's my next purchase. <laughs> <laughs> no, John, you have to do all the research first. <laughs> oh, will believe me. I get I get Christmas money burned a hole in my pocket. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. What about you, Kurt? Um, for me, um, I was actually able to play this game for the first time uh, last year, and it's actually my favorite board game now, uh, Orleans by Tasty Minstrel Games. I just, man, just everything about that game is so much fun. Just how many avenues of winning and the certain things you can do. And I really give it up to Tasty Minstrel because they really know how to put out a good game. You know, I've I've heard the, you know, it takes them a long time to kind of get their stuff out, but I feel like they do a really good job of pooling all their resources together to make something that's replayable and something that people can enjoy time in and time out. So um, it's one of those games that every time somebody says that game or I think about it, I go, oh, I got to play that game again. And there's 
there's to tell you the truth there's not a lot of games out there where i think as soon as i think about the game i'm like i want to play this game again there's not that many out there you know azul is another one of those like i've had so much fun with that i've played it in like a bunch of different player accounts which is something i've never done with games because unfortunately we don't have a lot of people that play games around here so i don't get to play multiple player accounts you know, if I'm lucky, if Logan will play, we can play three players. Or maybe if we can get with, there's another family that lives close. We've been able to play four players and stuff. But this, we were able to go to a local con and play a four-player game of, of Azul. And it was just as fun as playing with two and playing with three. Like, it's just, you can play play it like 50 different times and not necessarily have the same strategy and still you know figure out a way and even at playing at four players i actually won the damn thing i think did i win that on uh, i think i did um and i was just I, I couldn't believe it you know i was like oh my god i won an abstract game this is like you know i'm just I, I need to pull out a shirt write down the date and time and you know, wear it forever you know that kind of thing um um what else did i play this year that was really excited about Spirit Island, something that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, when when I when we first, me and Tracy first tried to learn it, like it was it, the instructions were just so much that I was like, we were both just like we started it late too, so we're both tired. And after a while, we're like, we quit. We can't play this right now. We just can't do it. We set it all up. We we're ready to kind of dig into it. We're both just like, uh, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> And then finally, I you pulled it out for Mike, and we I I actually sat down by myself and I learned the rules and kind of played it, tried to play it myself, and then played it with Mike, and then finally played it again. I think with Tracy again, um, or maybe it was just Mike a couple of times. And man, that game is got a great theme, but like just everything that kind of happens within the game is so exciting that it's just like wow, it's just just a ton of fun. And then, like we, I got a bunch of games for Christmas, and the the one that I'm super excited to play, um, or a couple of them. One of them is Coimbra. Uh, that everyone kind of talked about this this game last year, and it didn't get as much hype as I thought it would. But now it's now as it got towards the end of 2018, people talked about it a little bit more, and I'm like, I am so psyched to play this game, because it's a it's a dice roller, but it's also kind of a Euro, too, so it kind of blends two of my favorite things. And then uh, just because everybody talks about Concordia and so much, so much of a love, I got that for Christmas, so I'm kind of excited to open that up and see how that is, too. So, cool. I got a question for you. Have you played uh, Brass Lancashire? No, I still have not, no. Uh, based on your taste, I think you would dig that one a lot because, I mean, it gives a bit of a setup to it, but the mm-hmm. gameplay is really simple. It's just play a card, do a thing. Mm-hmm. But what things you do and how you like layer them to trigger other things, like, well, I need to do this before I can do that, and I need to make this other thing happen. And you're like planning this whole like kind of event chain. Uh, there's a lot to it, and it's one of those you get done. You're like. Okay, I, I need. I want to play this game again, but I want to play it with a different strategy, and I want to try some different things out. And nice. you played it like three or four times, and that one—that's an amazing, amazing game. Nice, nice. Put it on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I've given everyone a game. All right, <laughs> you've done your job. <laughs> All right, what about you, Jesse? Uh, you should just skip me because I'm a horrible person. <laughs> 
and <laughs> I've, I've bought like a couple of card games this year. <laughs> but, Any new RPGs for you then this year? No, uh, I mean, I bought like all the D&D 5th edition books that came out because I'm a whore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, that's it. And yeah, the, the problem is I have such a huge backlog right now. We're still playing. I'm in uh, September of Pandemic Legacy Season 2 and still haven't touched Charterstone. Only played a couple of games of Gloomhaven. Just pick, Well, actually, I did just pick up... Um, the betrayal legacy and nice. uh yeah I, but like packed wrapper still on it <laughs> i feel i don't even want to pull it out because i know it's going to be forever till i play it and i just have i have to get out of the stupid legacy thing i have to get out of it and actually just start playing real games that i don't feel like i have to play to completion which is like 15 to 20 games in a row and takes up my whole year yeah <laughs> something tells me you won't get out of that though because you are just you're so focused on story and where the story goes that i feel like that would be hard for you and that's where like it's not a bad thing i don't think it's a bad thing at all because i i remember back when quite a bit ago when we were talking about running some D stuff and i had asked you if if you had some references that i could use and all of a sudden all of a sudden, yeah, here you go. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, you've got a lot. <laughs> so, you know, I, I I definitely know where that comes from, where, where it's like, you know, if you have a love of something that you will, you know, have all the stuff because you want to know the ins and outs of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Jesse, I've even got a game that you should check out. Oh, <laughs> nice. Let's see if I can bet three out of three here. Uh, it's a game called Folklore of the Affliction. Uh, it's Folklore of the the right. closest I've seen to a role-playing game uh, as a tabletop game. Really? Uh, so it's got two different aspects to it. Everybody has a character. Your characters evolve as you play. Your stats go up and all that sort of thing, like you wouldn't expect from a role-playing game. Mm. Um, and you're traveling over this world map. You're like, you've got a destination to go to. And on your way, you have these random encounters and... Sometimes they're like this energy you have to make, like, do you go help this person out? Or, you know, do you take on this thing? Uh, sometimes you'll encounter, you know, random monsters or things like that. And there it's, it's a super simple, like quick uh, combat system. They don't really like bog it down. Mm-hmm. The main focus is getting you to that end goal. Once you get to the end goal, suddenly you've got these little mini maps that you're playing on and you're moving these figures around. So it's more like kind of tactical placement. Mm-hmm. and you've got like some big bad that you've got to defeat, right? And so you're working together, uh, kind of not quite Gloomhaven-ish, but in that sort of same concept, I guess, because you're not doing any like deck building or anything like that. It's just, mm-hmm. I've got these powers, I've got these these things that I've got so far, and even if you die on the way to like, you know, fighting the big bad, uh, your ghost kind of sticks around and kind of and can help out and uh, do like distraction type stuff. And then you go back and you can resurrect people and continue on to the next story. And there's actually like a full storybook that comes along with this game. Uh, really amazing production. Uh, we've had a blast with it. We've, we've only been able to play it like twice so far, uh, but there's, there's a lot of content there just in the base game alone. So that's something that you might want to check out. I, what was, I the, what was the name of the game? I'm sorry. Folklore I'm sorry to cut the in. I, I caught everything but the beginning. <laughs> Folklore of the Affliction. Oh, okay. This actually Another does. Game? Yeah. It looks oh, sorry, right up ahead. my alley. 
Yeah. <laughs> you, Another one. you are yes. good, sir. Three for three. Nice. Another one that I'm actually really excited to play that I haven't yet, and I heard about this oh, through another podcast, is Coma Ward. And I think, I think Sean, you've played that, haven't you? Uh, I just got it in, actually, over holiday break. So we're going to try and get that played, well, I think, in the next month or two. Yeah, and it just it's funny because like I I wrote myself I, I wrote a short story about someone in a coma and stuff like that, and then when I heard about this game, I'm like, oh my god, this just totally sounds like my story, but with you know good elements in a board game, and I'm like, and it's it's very episodic and you yeah. know story driven. I'm like, wow, I gotta play this game. It just sounds like something like I've never seen before, and it's even got like the don't let don't let your kids play it it's got like a you know like like a pg-13 you know rated r kind of thing on it you know well they've even got like the game is full of there's a bunch of boxes right like deck boxes and they're filled with all the different content so you're as you're going through each one you're like okay we're open this box and this has like whatever story pieces we need and whatnot and there's trigger warnings on some of them are like you know if, if you're if xxx bothers you then you know skip this one <laughs> these are the <laughs> triggers to worry about on this one like and some of them are like, oh, holy crap, <laughs> this sounds like a dark story. This sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Leah's in the chat. She says, uh, same thing with her. All the 5e books, a couple of sessions of Tales from the Loop. So more uh, on the RPG side so kind of thing. Um, I think new for us this year, too, we picked up, uh, we were at Target. And uh, they had seven wonders for like eight dollars. Wow. And I'm like, you know, I'm just like, it's you know, award. I'm just gonna get like fucking eight dollars. You can't pass that up. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like a forty dollar game or something right? at the store. So I'm like, fuck it. So we so we sat down and played it, and we got done. And my daughter was like, again, we played again. So we played <laughs> the shit out, and we've been playing a hell of a lot of that. I went uh, broken token. I, I went to go look; they didn't have them. As we got closer to uh, closer to the holidays, I saw it again on Amazon. And I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna get it. And she's like, no, it's too much money. Don't get. It. I'm like, I'm gonna get it. She's like, you, you don't need them. Like, no, no, you don't understand. You need good components <laughs> to play a game. So I, I got them, and we've been playing with that we played the other day and she's like i love these coins <laughs> <laughs> so that, well, that one's getting a ton of plays from us right now too well here here's a question just to kind of keep not keep the board game thing going so much or whatever but like you know just a question for you and jesse like when you guys are doing the rpg thing like again a lot of stuff is online but like do you have anything physical that you guys like to use you know because i know sometimes people like to go off script and kind of like oh here i'll you know i'll send you a pdf of a scroll that i made you know online and stuff like that or you know or, or do you have like a group that you play when you're at home and stuff like that and you you kind of use components and stuff like that to kind of broaden the horizons of the game uh, for me, no, only mm -hmm. because I'm lazy <laughs> and I don't, I, so like when I, when I plan a session, like I don't, I don't plan ahead. And even when I do, I plan like session to session and it's a really bare bones outline, uh, for the, for the pure fact of like, I I've put in a lot of work for things, you know, I've built like big set pieces and all that kind of stuff and they get used once. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've put like seven, eight hours into crafting this thing and it, then it gets used for an hour and then, 
you know, goes up in the attic and hides out until forever. <laughs> um, and, you know, before I have done like little bits of parchment and all that kind of stuff. And it was fun, but it's the same. It's it's like a shock value of the character of, like, of the players. So it's like, wow, this is really cool. And then it goes away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not like 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 the when you buy like the really good components for for a board game, you're using those every single time. And you feel like you've got like even if you spend a little extra money out of it, like you said just said john like you you at least feel like you're getting you're getting something out of it like you're using these all the time but if you put a a lot of time or a lot of money into something for a game like that it gets used once maybe twice and then it gets cast off to the side so yeah no i don't do i don't plan ahead a lot and (laughs) i don't i don't tend to invest a lot of time or effort into things that are going to be like one use gotcha mainly because i i also don't have the time to do that (laughs) i wish i when i did when i was working from home and and it didn't matter and i could do that stuff at the same time then yeah that's when i built like six-story towers (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as, as far as the board game stuff, like the the tokens, like so they don't intrinsically change the game, right? So the cardboard ones and threes and sixes, they do the exact same thing, mm-hmm. but there's such a visceral, mm-hmm. you know, thing to like be able to pick up a little metal coin and you you know you toss it to the next player, you throw it back in the pile. It's just it's so it's so satisfying. That's that's the nice thing about Tasty Minstrel. The components with all our games are just, and if you go deluxified on anything, like it's just amazing. Uh, you know the quality that they, that they're doing over there um for for rpg stuff i don't run anything at home anymore uh when i was running a game i did i made props uh you know i i created you know villages and and i we were doing a star Wars. we were playing saga system one time and same thing i got terrain and shit all over the board and i'm hand-drawn maps out and everything and we were playing something. They were going to meet a character. I forget what what the species was, but they liked yellow. So I I have a cloak, you know, because we've I've been dressed up before. So I'm like, hold on a minute, I'll be right back. I run down into the basement. I put on my yellow SpongeBob pajamas, this yellow shirt on. I throw the cloak on. I I made a a head of a of a protocol droid. I see, you know, essentially C3PO, colored all in green and brown. And everything's so like all rusty and everything taped it all up to like a milk jug. I come running back upstairs doing the accident, all dressed up. I throw the fucking head on the table. Like, yeah, I've done all that. <laughs> <laughs> That's <funny>. awesome. <laughs> yeah. In my, in my limited play, like I've run a couple of things and I actually uh, ran an old star Wars campaign at one point. And uh, it's actually, this is it, me and John were talking before, we went on the air and we were talking about like stories and characters that we, you know, had from the past. And I'm like, I can't remember yesterday. So I'm like, I don't remember, you know, what happened so many years ago, but I remember I actually ran a campaign that was, it was a couple of my buddies and it was this nice episodic story and it it ran really well. I was really proud of myself for what I came up with Mm -hmm. because sometimes I'm not very good at that kind of stuff, but I did, you know, did a pretty good job, you know, made a lot of maps. We actually, at the time, uh, I can't remember what company, but a company had like a lot of miniatures for a miniature game. So I just stole a bunch of those from one of my buddies and then bought a few more. And then at the end, it was uh, this big 
uh, mech droid that lo- almost looked like as big as like an AT or like an a- uh, ATST. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the, one of the guys was at the legs. One of the guys was at the top. Um, the guy, uh, the guy on the top, actually went through with the lightsaber all the way through it. Uh, was gonna blow blow up the machine, um, and the machine starts to fall, and he gets his foot caught um, in between where he had put the lightsaber and uh, uh, the machine, and it goes to fall over. And then I have my uh, I have the other player roll, uh, basically like uh, to get out of the way. Doesn't get out of the way, so the thing falls over, explodes. They both die at the end. It's just like <laughs> it was the most epic thing ever because I was like, is I'm I'm one of these I'm one of these GMs that like I I don't I I'm not afraid to kill anybody. I'm like I don't care who you are. I don't care if you have a wife. I don't care if you have family. If you don't roll right or if you say something wrong to the wrong person, you are going to go. So it was just it was funny because it was one of those things at the end where everybody just kind of stopped. And then my buddy looked at me and goes, damn, that was amazing. (laughs) We're all just laughing and having a good time. You know, it was just like it was like sad. But at the same time, like, wow, I can't believe that just happened. So that was it's fun to have those things when you when you take the time to do those kind of things. Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and stuff like that's more memorable a lot of times too. Like, yeah, it's cool. You know, you crit and you do your double damage or whatever, but it's like, Hey, remember that time when you tried to shimmy up the fucking rain spout and it fell off and you landed in the street. Like that's the stuff that like, that's really cool. I enjoy mm-hmm. that so much more. <laughs> yeah. Have yeah, any of you guys ever played uh, dungeon crawl classics? Oh yes. <laughs> sort of you people that get <laughs> obliterated. Yeah. I actually just tunnel. yeah I just ran uh, for John and a few other people. I took uh, the DCC character funnel, and mm-hmm. I mean it's really I converted it kind of into five E. It's not it's pretty much almost exactly the same, um, you know. And uh, yeah, oh it was awesome. They <laughs> one of the one of the guys lost. Uh, I created like a little mini adventure, and one of the guys lost three of his four characters right <laughs> off the bat <laughs> they fell off fell off a what was it a log across a, a ravine or rope bridge or something yeah like rope that. bridge that's it yeah but yeah he last that one character lasted to the very end so you know that uh, yeah and we ended up what 16 characters started off with and four survived and you get done yeah. you're like that character feels so epic because they survived this bloodbath of just mm-hmm. death everywhere like right. yes now this is a hero yeah <laughs> yeah unfortunately it was what three halflings and a kenku <laughs> a little weird a little weird <laughs> That's funny. Well, I know, Sean, you were saying that you, uh, you know, you're checking BGG to see like what your plays were and everything. So, do you track your plays in over the course of the year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't track like win loss ratio. It'd be like 100% loss. But uh, (laughs) you don't need to feel that bad about yourself at the end of the year. Exactly. (laughs) Like, I remember this. But I do track the games that I play just as a way to like go back and like, oh, yeah, I played this and. You know, just out of curiosity, you know, like data points and stuff like that, um, just to see what I've played and, and refreshers and all that sort of thing. Does that pay any dividends as a designer? 
to see like to look back at the year and kind of where your headspace is at with games that you were playing and how that affects your design and stuff um it's i don't know if it affects my design i think the the things that i play through the year will definitely definitely impact like where i'm going as a designer where um as my my skills are evolving and things like that for sure uh it's more of an interesting reflection of, oh, I can see where my tastes are getting a little heavier. You know, I was like, I was playing lighter stuff and now I'm playing heavier stuff, mm. you know, like like brass, for example, like two years ago, there's no way I would have played brass. But like now <laughs> I was like, oh, that was a lot of fun. It was just crunchy enough and had a lot of you know, decisions to make. Uh, the fact that I'm working on a worker placement game is kind of mind blowing to me, uh, <laughs> considering like where I'd started. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's all kind of a growth thing. And I'm kind of a, a data whore anyway. Like I love, <laughs> I love crunching spreadsheets and uh, you know number crunching and all that sort of stuff. So it's just you know another thing for me to, to nerd out on. <laughs> now, a, a little bit of a derail question for you then, when you are looking at designing a game do you always design something that you know you're going to want to play or do you sometimes or you know, how many times do you try to design something that you know will sell like do you try do you ever make games for the market or do you always kind of make games to make games definitely to make games yeah uh it has to be something that I'm excited about that inspires me that, you know, uh, I find a creative reason behind. Uh, there's a couple of designs that I've got that stemmed out of, I don't like this type of game. How could I take the concepts of that game and turn them into something that would interest me? Hmm. Now, whether that's commercially viable or not, who knows? <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that seemed like an interesting design point to stand, you know, to jump off of. Nice. Um, and I, basically, all the all the things either come out. I, I design it one of two ways. Either a, there's some sort of mechanic that sounds really interesting, like, hey, this seems like a cool thing to do inside of a game, mm-hmm. or it, it's, I would like, I would love to see a game about X, and then, okay, well, what would be part of that happening? Nice. Right. Yeah, unfortunately, for having a podcast, you think that I would track plays, but I don't at all, which is so dumb of me. So I think that's going to be one of my resolutions because, like, even coming to this, like you, you know, you were talking about, oh, let's talk about some games we played in the past and stuff like that, you know. And I was like, oh my god, what did I even play? And then I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I played this. Wait a minute, was that last year? Or was that two years ago? Mm. <laughs> it's like you always, you know, it's just what you almost wonder, like, okay, is that because for our podcast, we don't we don't necessarily focus on all new games. So sometimes we'll focus on a game that, you know, a lot of people will be like, okay, that's like 10 years ago. Why would I care about this game? Well, there's a lot of people that haven't played this game. So maybe right. we're going to talk somebody new into playing it. So, you know, I, I, I want to try that. Now that I have the BGG app on my phone, I'd actually like to start doing that. So now I'm going to go back and log in a play, log in a couple of games I played yesterday, so I can be on the be on the way to do that. Hopefully, yeah. See, I don't do it either, and, and I wonder, like you're saying, if I should, because I don't. I certainly don't subscribe to the cult of the new. So I, you know, I may be playing. You know, like Seven Wonders came out in what twenty. Uh, 2009, I think. 
2010. So like, it's old and like, yeah. yay, just found it. <laughs> Eight years yeah. later, whatever, played the shit out of it. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I see it come across Twitter sometimes. I know there's some people that I follow that, hey, I played this today. I played, you know, this today. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it may be interesting to go back and look to see. Um, you know, we try to vary it up at work because we play so much stuff as two player. I mean, we'll play, you know, three days out of the week every week if we're both at work. Like we just play all the time. Um, so we we're always trying to mix it up so we're not playing the same stuff, but we do play a lot of the same stuff because <laughs> we enjoy it, right? I mean, it's I I mean, I like we were saying earlier. Um, you know, people are oh, I, mean, I played that fight. Like I figured that game out. I played it. It's not interesting anymore. We're like, you know, again, I'll go back to Splendor because it's just such a, a, a bellwether for us. I mean, we just play like, hey, we haven't played that in like two weeks. We should play Splendor again. And we'll just play Splendor for a whole lunch period. Like it's, I, it's, it's never not enjoyable, you know. And, and some games are not like, you know, we have kittens in a blender. Eh, it's okay. The art is really cute. You know, we make horrible blending noises when we play, but it's not going to be the first thing that I grab off the shelf. Right. Like ever. But we might play it once in a while. Well, I got some friends in my game group that actually track like win loss ratio and they track like scores and all that sort of thing. And that's more of a, uh, I think, trying to be better at playing or seeing like, you know, am I having growth in the game? You know, like are different strategies working better? Like they're not, they're not like designing and publishing and all that sort of thing and have all that other stuff to worry about. So they can just be like, I can be a gamer and just you know focus on that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. So that's cool for you know for them and that gives them an, an outlet to actually like, track all that kind of stuff. I, I think maybe oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off again, Jesse. I'm sorry. Oh no, no. That's... <laughs> I just say maybe because of the way that I play with my brother, the way that we kind of play at work. Uh, you know, that sort of very adversarial alpha dominance kind of thing. I, I think it might be interesting to track at least those plays against those two guys uh, and, and see. Because then, like, at the end of the year, like, I beat you, like, 40 times in this game. <laughs> no no wonder you're so adversarial. You probably you played so many damn games with your brother. You're just like, I have right? to destroy everyone. <laughs> Well, and here's like, so it's weird. Right? So, we're, so we're playing today. So we have Crusaders. I've had it for a couple of weeks. So I played with a guy at work. Uh, we played at work and I had played it once already. So, I'm, you know, explaining the game to him. We're going through it. He came over after work a week later. We played a four player. Uh, my daughter's boyfriend played my brother, guy from work and, and me. And, and again, I, I, every time I play, I lose. So we're playing at work again today. And I'm like, Hey, this is what we were doing wrong. Cause I'm terrible with roles. Hence, you know, YouTube watching a playthrough video and questions to, to Sean. So when I roll the die, you know, it says to do this, but, but hear me out. <laughs> Cause I'm awful. Um, so like we're going through and he's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, he had a, so for the game, you have a rondelle and you distribute your, everything from your bin Moncala style. So like, if I want to build and I have two tokens, I, move them to the next two things. So he went to do his action and he had a split. You can upgrade your wedge so you can do two actions on your turn. So he's like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to do X thing. And I'm looking at his board. I'm like, well, but you have like extra stuff. So like, if you do that action, you can also do this action. He's like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm like, fuck. Why am I <laughs> And like next turn around again? He's like, I'm like, Okay, but you see that if you do like this and this, 
like that's better for you, right? Like you see, like I'm not saying do it, but if, if you're gonna do this, you might as well do that. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, fuck me, like <laughs> just shut up, stop helping. <laughs> so as much as I want to win, like the guy that I play with at work is not a board gamer by by nature. Like I'm like I've kind of brought him in. I'm like, hey, this is a cool thing, you should do it. Um, and, and he's, you know, getting more and more into it, but you know, it, it's always kind of like guiding and nurturing when we're playing. Cause it's like, I play all the time and he plays a lot more than he used to, but you know, because I'm so into it, I'm like, Hey, like, this is like, check this out for the strategy. Like maybe you didn't notice this, you know, and then I lose and I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> I'll usually do that. Uh, if I'm playing switch, if I'm playing with new people where, Mm. For me, it's more important that they're having fun and that they have a you know a good experience. Not that I throw the game, but just that I want to make sure that they are aware of of the gameplay space. You know, and like, oh hey, here's some different options. Not you know, I won't tell them like you must do this. But it's more yeah, like, yeah. hey, here's a thing you could do, or you could do this. That would screw me over pretty good. <laughs> and then they do, and I get that totally screwed me over. Thanks, it's awesome. <laughs> Then you wait till they have enough plays in, and then you really yeah, put the screws. Exactly. Oh wait, doesn't happen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and now by that time they're too good and they're legit beating you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead, Jesse. I cut you off like four times. No, <laughs> no. I was just gonna throw something stupid in because I I really want to start tracking all my uh, all my wins and losses and what games I've played now because I want to know how many times I lose at Candyland in cat's pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Just to let you know, when you play, everyone loses. On no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Trunk Candyland at Christmas. Oh. Hey, good callback. That's something I was actually going to bring up. The one of the one of our like first like so many episodes, we decided to do Drunk Candyland. Oh, jeez. What was it? Every time you pulled out a double color, you had to take a shot. Or oh, it's like four shots. Oh my god! Like a drink for every orange, but then it was like double, so it was like four. It was crazy. (laughs) Oh, it was so dumb. And it's funny too because it was one of those things before we even started the podcast. We were like, "We need to play this. This is going to be a blast." And then we did it. We're like, "That is the last time we ever do that." (laughs) I think I think my I think my buddy ended up throwing up all night, and it was like it was. It sounded bad. I mean, oh, it was, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was my wife. Apparently, it was my wife that th- she's pouring out herself. It was my wife that threw up. <laughs> I don't even but, think she was playing, was she? <laughs> she was. She was. Oh man! But I will tell you, at the time, it was a blast. Even, even, even as we're both, even as everyone kept saying, "Why in the hell are we still doing this? Why you know? are we doing this?" <laughs> That's awesome. Dumb. Young and dumb. That's what we do. Well, I, I wanna, one of you guys mentioned uh, solo playing. Because of the the uh, the social nature of gaming, you know, we'll get together, just kind of hang around and, and, and just talk shit at each other and, and, you know, play games and all that stuff. Do you guys enjoy, do you do any solitary gaming at all? Any solo plays on stuff? I know for me, like, I just, I can't, like, beating myself is not, and enjoy well, oh, okay now we're gonna get we're gonna get into a weird territory here <laughs> Let's get, uh, uh, please. Yeah, like there, there's no uh 
There's no fun in beating her. <laughs> There's no yeah, fun in beating no yourself. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess want to add that extra little bit word. I suppose, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't. Like, I have a couple of things that, that you could um, have uh, Death Angel, the, the uh, Warhammer 40K thing, and I got uh, Dungeon Roll because it was single player. And I'm like, ah, you know, if the kids don't want to play or whatever, maybe. It's, I think I've done it like once or twice. I'm like, this is just not because you're, there's no social anything. You're just sitting there rolling dice or flipping cards. Like, it just doesn't do it. I started doing more than I have in the past. Uh, there's a couple of games. Um, oh, God. Uh, Rise to Nobility. It's a big worker placement game um, that I backed up Kickstarter. I want to say it was their first worker placement game that this company did. Um, and it was a, I did it as a solo just to learn the rules. And it was actually a lot of fun. And it was incredibly tough. And it was one that was like, okay, I'm, I can do this again. Even though there's a lot of setup to it, uh, Paul Myland, you know, that's a solo game that, I could, like I said, you know, I could take anywhere and play. That was cool. Um, I'm actually going to be publishing a solo, well, very likely publishing a solo game um, that someone's working on. So that's kind of cool as well. So I'm, I'm <laughs> glad I started kind of getting more into that and kind of examining like the whole like solo game thing. So yeah, here and there I will. Okay. Either you guys, uh, Kurt or Jesse, do any kind of solo gaming? Uh, most of the time, if I'm by myself, I'm putting my time into not into, I mean, I don't want to say more productive things, but things that can make me money. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, That's fair. But, but yeah, but no, I actually just picked up, um, I can't remember the exact name of it, but do I have it on my shelf? Uh, no, it must be upstairs because I was just playing it the other day. Oh, no, there it is. It's uh, the House of Danger. Choose your own adventure. Oh, so, so good. Yes. I keep I keep losing really early on because <laughs> I play it. But so if you um, it's a it's a choose your own adventure card game. And so like the old school books where, uh, you know, you you read it and it says, you know, choose A or B. And if you choose A, go to this page, B, this page. And uh, it's the same thing. So you have a deck of card. You have a deck of cards and it says they're all numbered and it says you know if you do this go to card 16 if you do this go to card 23 and you just you can do it as a group and where everybody kind of you you pass the deck around and everyone can make a a a a choice but i've only played it solo so far and it's really cool i haven't made it past the chapter one (laughs) and there's five i've only had it for a few days and and but the uh the there's five chapters that come in it and it's yeah, it's really cool because it's it reminds me of my childhood, <laughs> and really it's cool. again that that uh, that solo RPG storytelling card game aspect where you can do it by yourself, uh, and yeah, I like it. Yeah, and the cool thing about that game is a that's an actual book that you can get and just oh, read really? if you want. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. It's based, it, yeah, it's actually based off an old book. So they just made it into it made it to its own game. You know, I I haven't played that solo, but I'm I actually really want to. I've played that once all the way through with my buddy Mike, and then I played a little bit with with my son Logan, and he, he if it seemed like he enjoyed it, but I have to feels like I have to like drag him to the table to play a board game these days. He's <laughs> so into video games or whatever, but. Uh... Uh, I've gotten more into single player games too myself because I uh, bought Desolate by Gray, no- Gray Gnome Games, which is kind of like uh, you're stuck on a 
you're stuck on the moon, is it? I think it's you're stuck yeah. on the moon. You're yeah, on the you're moon trying base. to get away from aliens and stuff like that. And that's a fun little uh, roll and kind of use cards to maneuver yourself to escape or whatever. And that's really fun. And then uh, when I tried to teach myself Spirit Island, that's an actual one-player game. So I actually taught myself to... You, you use two spirits or whatever, so you're not technically playing one player, but I you know, was able to play that with some success. Um, and I'm actually, what I'm trying to do is when, like, say my, my wife isn't feeling any good or if I just can't get somebody to play a game with me, I'll try to find some of my games and just look and say, hey, is this one player variant or is this one player game? And then I'll try to play it. You know, the other day I, uh, I was really excited because I'm a really big fan of the Dresden file or Dresden file books. Mm-hmm. so uh, I actually got the Dresden Files co-op game and it says it's one player. So I was like, oh, oh, awesome. I'll be able to learn this myself and teach everybody else. You have to play three characters <laughs> in a one player game. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Wow. No way. Like I could, it's, it's hard enough for me to play a couple of players and do that. It's like, here, take all the cards for this player and all the cards for this and all the cards for this character and play it. I'm like, no, I am sorry. No way. <laughs> I thought you said this was a solo game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. Theoretically, I could play any game by myself if yeah. I wanted to play three to four people. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, I'm playing a guy with multiple personalities because I'm playing too many different characters. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's been fun to try to try to do that because it's also forced me to learn games more, too. Where I think when you're sometimes when you're by yourself, you have more time to focus on every little thing. Where sometimes if you have a big group, sometimes it's hard to kind of focus on the rules and the play and stuff like that. Sometimes because of what's going on. I also have a feeling that if you're playing by your if you're playing in a group, you almost feel like you you need to just move on. Like oh, I'm not entirely like you have a question, but if it requires a little too much rule searching or flipping through the book, you might just be like, oh, I'll put that aside for now. Mm-hmm. And then you never go back to it. Whereas yeah. if you're putting if you're just playing by yourself, there's no time limit. You're, you know, it doesn't matter how long your turn takes because it's only your turn. Mm-hmm. True. It's kind of like an RPG in that respect. Like, uh, I don't, I'm not sure that rule will just, we'll do it this way and then we'll go back and we'll check on <laughs> mm-hmm. it. <laughs> There's a uh, series of books that Van Ryder put out. Uh, uh, let's see here. Tears of a Goddess, Captive, Sherlock Holmes, Loop Guru, and Your Town? Yeah, Your Town. So uh, basically they're um, choose your own adventure style books, but they're in graphic novel format. And it's the, like, you actually kind of roll up a little bit of a character. And as you're going through, like, your char- things are happening to your character, you take damage or, you know, whatever. And they're all, like, different, very different stories. Um, I picked up a couple of those off Kickstarter, and those have been really cool as well. Hmm. Nice. That sounds like fun. Interesting. Cool. I, and I don't follow like board gaming news so like i don't know what's coming up for this year like i don't have anything that's like on the horizon like oh i gotta make sure that i'm gonna pick this up when it's coming out uh you know sean and and kurt you guys are a little bit more in tune to that kind of stuff do you have anything that's coming up that you're like this is like as soon as this hits the shelf like it's it's in the collection like this is what i want to be playing uh anything like that that's coming out Uh, go ahead kurt um i'll throw it to you sean no i don't have anything (laughs) 
I'm I try not to get too far into that kind of thing because I feel like it goes back to what we were talking about before. Like we need everything, you know. I a lot of times I don't like to jump too far forward into anything. Like I don't really feel like there's anything right now that I'm just like I'm dying to have. You know, I I like to kind of see where the year kind of takes me and like there will be some sorry there will be some things that i'll i'll experience like we're gonna go to a local con here in february called con of the north it's just a little thing in minneapolis well floodgate games is gonna be there and it'll be nice to talk to them because they're coming out with like a bad maps game uh bosk i think is the other one and then uh three more expansions for Sagrada, which I really like. So it'll be kind of nice to be like, Oh, let's see what those are about and see if I get excited about it. You know? So, uh, I've got two things that I'm actually really excited about because I need all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there's an expansion for dice forge that's coming out. It's supposed to be coming out this year. No, there is. Yeah, there totally is. Okay, I I changed Ah. my mind. I'm really excited about the expansion (laughs) for dice forge. I seriously been ever since I played that game. And I think like not this year, but last or not last year, but the year before was the first time I played that game. I've, I've been saying this needs an expansion big time because I could just see how far it, it would it could go on forever, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so much opportunity there to do just all kinds of crazy stuff in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're literally crafting dice. Like, it's just so much. It's so, so cool. Uh, so, so cool. yeah, I'm really excited about the expansion for that. I'm also really excited about the expansion for uh, uh, Great Western Trail. Nice. The, cow deck building game <laughs> that Stronghold <laughs> used to have and they put it back to uh, oh gosh I can't remember the original publisher uh, but they kicked it back to them so they've got an expansion coming out for it and I, I love that game it's just it's not super heavy crunchy but it's kind of that mid tier level of, of heaviness and you're deck building with cows that's cool so. <laughs> cool uh, Kurt, you, you mentioned Sagrada. I, I think maybe when I was talking to Sean last time he was on, I I, I played it. Uh, a guy at work brought it in. We played through it. I'm like, ah, maybe it's pretty. I remember when it was on Kickstarter. I came real close to backing it, and I, I took it home. And I, we played it over the weekend. My daughter played, and her boyfriend, and everything. And, you know, we played it five, six times. And I just gave back to it. And I'm like, ah, if you bring it, I'll play it. But I'm not. It's it'll never see my collection. Like it's just. It, it had the feel to me of a solo game that you were just playing with four other people. Like it just didn't, eh. <laughs> just, just didn't do it. I, I mean, take pretty, that in the dice drafting. Come on, and in in the tools that you can use. Come on. It's no, it's not for me. It's, yeah, and it's, it's not, it's, I'm not saying it's a bad game. Like it just for me, it doesn't. It doesn't. Hey, work. and that's what we've been talking about. Even yeah. if you're a loser and you don't like Sagrada, <laughs> that doesn't mean. <laughs> Uh, I'll actually join you, John. Uh, Sagrada's not a big favorite of mine. Only from, it's the pip dice. Uh, for some reason, to me, that detracts from it. Oh, they're uh, pretty though. I mean, the, you know, they're all the translucent, and you have all the different colors and stuff. Like it, it's a, it's a nice looking game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think Azul and the Azul stained glass, I think, are better looking from that perspective. Like if you're like putting out bits and. Uh, you know, building that sort of thing. Like, I know there was a lot of like, haha, it's Azul, 
uh, you know, Sagrada version. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks prettier because they're not obscured by the pips for the dice. So I don't know. For some reason, like, that was a, a thing for me, and it's just me. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I can't. I can't get at you guys for that. I mean, I mean, if that's not your thing, that's not your thing. Obviously. Right. And with, so the same guy who had Sagrada also brought in Azul. And uh, he was like, yeah, you know, we just kind of played and it was like real mellow and, you know, we're just kind of doing our thing. And you can, you know, you kind of see, you know, maybe somebody was going to win. I'm like, yeah, let's get that on the table. Let's see how all that goes. <laughs> so like, like first turn, like, fuck you. There's four reds, you know, you can't play right now <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Like yeah, it was it was a completely different game when we played it. <laughs> yeah, Azul is definitely more of a take that game than a lot of games. Yeah, which which is good for me. But even with that being said, it's not one that I picked up. Like I I enjoyed it and I liked that aspect of it, but it wasn't one that I was like, ooh, I have to have it. Yeah, which is funny because you know, like I know a lot of people that love Santorini, but I just I have it have it just sits there i see it I, yep. <laughs> I, yeah and me and tracy are both the same way we're both like i just i don't get it <laughs> I, said, I mean we'll play with like two god cards sometimes which gets kind of yeah. wacky depending on what your combos are but uh yeah I, I i love it my daughter's boyfriend he loves it and he beats me most of the time which is <laughs> i think is why he likes it oh yeah obviously <laughs> yeah yeah but I think, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a little brain burner I, I don't like playing with the god cards. I no? like the, just the, the purity of the base game itself. It's just, it's it's very chess-like, right? Like, you have mm-hmm, to out-strategize totally. yeah, the other yeah, player. Yeah. The god cards, I think, are, are a good way to, like, you know, if you want to add some re- different replayability or if someone's yeah. not at the same level as you are, it can level things out a little bit. But Yeah, because Santorini used to be no god cards. It used to be just the building, and then they yeah. added that to kind of flavor it up. Oh, okay. I guess I got one of the. I, I got it used at the game store, so maybe it had a first expansion or whatever, mm-hmm. something in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a good deal at Gen Con, and that's the only reason why we got it. We ended up getting a the Golden Fleece expansion that hasn't even <laughs> been opened yet. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like there's a lot of that going around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I have played everything here. <laughs> Right. I don't think I have anything. You're one play. of the very few. <laughs> right. Like very few. If you wanna if you wanna pull up a pie chart, it'd be like everybody else <laughs> and three other people. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> hey John, I'm curious. You said that uh, you were like, uh eh, it was okay. Uh was it did you feel like it was too light for you or um I don't I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it was about it because I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, and again, you could really screw the other player. Um, we do a lot of two player gaming. So I don't know if it's maybe like a two versus four where there's more, you know, competitiveness than that goes around with more players at the table. Because I mean, it's the same, right? I mean, you're using less pieces. So it's exactly the same as with four. Right. But, but some games play better at different player counts or whatever. Eh, I, you know, I, I, I mean, if someone knocked on my door and said, let's play Azul, I would play it in a heartbeat. I just, I feel like it's one that I just wouldn't play enough to own it. I mean, again, it's not inexpensive. It's, you know, it's not a hundred dollar game, but it's a $40 game, $45 game or something like that. 
I only ask because uh, stained glass, I have seen people say that they like gamers tend to like that one more because there's a little bit more um, to it or rather than like Azul is definitely the the easier, you know, like casual gamer. Sure, sure. You can play with anybody. Stained glass. I actually played it with my wife because she loves Azul and she was like, oh, yeah, let's play stained glass. And you're going to like, meh, I'd rather play the other one. Mm-hmm. But I actually found like there's a lot more depth in stained glass than there was with Azul. So, right, know, something to think about. Yeah, I mean, it's because you have to make those interesting choices, right? Like that's what it's about. The game itself is simple, but it's like, oh shit, do I take the one, you know, yellow burst on this one and dump that, and then like oh, maybe I'm gonna get screwed. Like if there's, you know, two reds left, like I really enjoy that aspect of it. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself back into looking at it again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, 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 that game is so take fatty that I I would I would think that you would really dig it. I really do. Is it's kind of it, like some things I can understand, but like for this one, I I just feel like that would be more in your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is for sure. Um, but like, I'm all over the board. Like, I love. You know, we have regular love letter, Lovecraft love letter, uh, you know, all the, the dice of games, uh, you know, Splendor, you know, none of which are terribly complicated. But, you know, I love like, you know, Shogun, um, you know, Mexica, you know, maybe not, you oh, know, not like heavy so Euro, but like, you know, Mexica and, you know, love letter, like your world's <laughs> yeah. apart in play style and, you know, dynamics and everything else. I mean, even, you know, Samurai or Through the Desert, it's not super complicated not real heavy abs but you know sort of abstract and you know much deeper strategy uh so like i'm everywhere you know like uh there's not like one specific thing that like oh i can only really like this thing i'm like oh cool i'll play that and i'll play this and what do you have over there you know let me, let me try that i want to do that too mexico is a really vicious game as well though it, it's one of those yeah, like yeah. it seems like it's not super mean you get playing you're like oh man you can really just dis- twist the knife in people in that game <laughs> and that was kind of the way we play. I played it at a con um i think it was at rin con uh and i saw it come on the schedule i'm like ah that looks looks interesting i don't know whatever like you're at a con i'm just gonna play a game and the guy started explaining it we started getting a couple of rounds in and we got done and i'm like where is th- is this at the store? Like, can I get that? Cause I'm going to order it like right now. And he's like, well, it's kind of hard to find a blah, blah, blah to the Amazons. I got it for like 40 bucks. Nice. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's like an $80 game. And I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't probably not. And I, I, I mean, I buy 95% of my stuff at the game store and I, you know, I saw it for whatever it was like $42. I'm like, I'm just going to get it. I mean, the pieces are amazing. The gameplay is, is a lot of fun, but you need three to four. Like we played with two and it was eh, yeah, not as great. Sweet spot yeah. For that. yeah. But I mean, it was the same thing with seven wonders. We, we did the, the three, you know, two player version with the regular box and eh, it's okay. You know, you can screw the other player by playing other cards. Duel, we play the crap out of duel. And it's so much fun. Yeah. It gets a little repetitive, but you know, when you're playing with the same two or three people, it's always like, I'll remember last time. <laughs> I've, I've found a certain fondness for games that look really peaceful and calm, but then you play them and you're like, man, this game is just mean spirited and vicious. Uh, Citrus. Uh, I think that's by tasty minstrel. 
Uh, that's another example where you look at the box art and it's like someone picking up an orange off a tree. Like it looks like a sweet little game. You play it like, oh, it's all these pretty colors, and you get as you're going through, like, wow, people are just screwing each other left and right. It's just a vicious game. I should probably write that one down too. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, so I, I mean, we could probably do this for a couple hours, but I know it's getting late for everybody. Uh, so what what do you guys have coming up this year? Pimp stuff you have going on? Jesse, I realized after I tagged you in the tweet that I should have used the Monster Hunt podcast <laughs> and not the Dragon Fist. I was like, oh, what a retard. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, go ahead. Use my uh, use the podcast that hasn't released an episode in a year. I that's know, fine. but it was Do like the one. default, you know? It was like, ah, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> So, so let's start with you then. So you've got a new podcast coming up. Eh. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. The, yeah. So it's a no, uh, a D and D five E actual play and, uh, kind of a semi, uh, continuation of the, the previous podcast that we ran. Uh, geez, Christ, how long did that thing last? Like four years, like 250 something episodes. And, uh, yeah, so we're, it's going to be continuing that. It's going to release sometime between like May and July, depending on how much of a backlog I want to get in first. Uh, and yeah, that's 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 that. Going to be hunting monsters and killing some shit. So is that 5e again or is that something else? Nope, 5e. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. The previous campaign was Pathfinder. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, got, we got stuck in the Pathfinder rut. <laughs> Still playing it. I, I I didn't want to get out of a system halfway through a campaign, and I really should have. But <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's the interesting. You should, oh, it's another thing, and we're continuing campaign. I mean, this is like the fourth campaign in this world now. Uh, like there's ninth, actually. Ninth. Yeah, yeah. There's like holidays and calendars yeah. and like there's it's not just like oh I'm rolling into <laughs> another game. Like this is ten not, years. Well, yeah. Yeah it, it's the the world when we first started playing D D like 15, 16 years ago now that I was an idiot DM that had never played an RPG before. And I decided that would be a really cool idea to just homebrew everything. <laughs> it was the worst mistake I ever made, but, but yeah, yeah. So it's the, it's a, a world that was created back then and continued with the podcast and it's going to be continuing this, this new one. So. And the cool thing for me is this will be the third campaign in this world that I've gotten yeah. to play with you now. Yep. <laughs> Uh, third, yeah, it is the third yeah. across three different podcasts, yeah, <laughs> and three different systems, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. All right, Kurt, what do you what do you got coming up for this year? Uh, I'm trying, we do so much board gaming stuff that I'm trying to, I want to try to get some more RPG stuff uh done during the during the podcast and stuff like that so i'm gonna try to have at least once a month doing a fantasy improv which we did on a regular basis and then kind of dropped off um either that uh either that or i want to play it something new so i'm gonna try to find some of my friends that i've made through this podcast and just say hey what's a game that what's a rpg that you like let's play a one shot of it because i'd like to see if i like it or not 
Um, and then also just running some uh, one shot campaigns myself to maybe doing some five E um, I know uh, some uh, role playing games I got that are coming from Kickstarter that are, that are going to be reaching me soon. So I'm going to actually try to DM those myself just to see how those will kind of shake out. Um, yeah. I'm just kind of, kind of do it, trying to do a little bit more. You know, it's like, it's one of those things I say every year, but this year, damn it, I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> so a little bit of a change of the face in the, the MFG cast then? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, not, yeah, not, not, not to do so much, talk so much about board gaming because I love RPGs myself, but I have, I still haven't played enough. I'm still very, it's very infantile in my playing stages. So I'd like to play more just to see where it all kind of goes. Oh, you've been playing Randy now for what, like two, three years now? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's like it, Fear itself is so easy to play, you know, and uh, with Neil being the GM or DM or whatever you want to call it, like he it, it goes pretty smooth and all the all the characters seem to mix really well. And I'm basically just playing a kind of a dorkier version of myself, which is not saying <laughs> much. So it's pretty easy to do. Pretty easy. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, what about, what about you, Sean? What do we got th- uh, from Thing 12 coming up? Oh, uh, gosh, coming for Thing 12. Uh, a lot of things, actually. When <laughs> <laughs> do we not, right? Uh, the first thing we've got coming up is Dinos Not Assembled. Uh, that's going to be in the spring. That's uh, our family weight game uh, where you're uh, building dinosaurs, collecting bones to build the dinosaurs. It's going to be meeples, and the art's super, super cute. Yeah. Uh, so that's the first one. Uh, we've also got uh, another game coming up uh, around the summertime. Um, that's probably going to be, uh, gosh, let's see, I think this is the one. So it's probably going to be the combat game. There's a uh, card-based combat game that we're working on, uh, where basically it's a two-player, and one player has a certain weapon proficiency, like you know, like battle axes, and then the other player has a different weapon proficiency, like maybe dual swords, and so you're fighting against each other in this really interesting like time mechanic system. Mm-hmm. So like a certain attack may take a certain amount of time to go off. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing these things kind of play out. So that's another one we're working on. Just a really, really uh, unique art style to this too. Like uh, something that I haven't really seen done in a board game space. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's a solo game that we're uh, wanting to put out. Uh, that's still kind of uh, in the discussion era, but uh, like there's a lot of work that's being done on it, and I've been playtesting it with the designer, and, and it's a really, really cool game that uses a, a system that people will be familiar with, but uh, kind of turns it upside down and uh, prevents it, presents it in a very unique way. Um, I'm also working on a worker placement game, probably for... Maybe 2020. Uh, I got the second playtest done uh, just on the beginning of the year, and and we made a couple of tweaks to the rules, and it kind of like blew everything open. And I was just ex- super <laughs> excited about how it played. Like, oh my god, this was amazing! It was so much fun. And again, like it's a game that does something different that I haven't ever seen a worker placement game do. So that's you know kind of cool. But we have like zero archers, zero plans, like exactly when to put it out. Uh, geez, we're going to go to a lot of different conventions. We're already planning, I think, like at least 
three, four more different conventions uh, that we haven't gone to before. Uh, we're going to have a table at Dice Tower West. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah, super cool. Uh, we're going to be at some of the cons down in Arizona. So uh, hopefully I can get down there to one of those. Uh, since Sean will have a table space down there. Right. Uh, yeah. And you guys are sponsoring Maricopa Con this year. Yay. There's a pledge level for, for you guys. Get all of the Thing 12 games. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The code Legends 10 does not apply, though. <laughs> yeah, we're basically just trying to, like, you know, like, get more games out and raise our awareness, like, take that next step as a company and, you know, kind of, like, raise the bar for us a little bit. So, yeah. Cool, cool. And and podcasting-wise, you, you, you're still... Uh... Oh, yeah. Still doing the, the Board Game Alliance podcast. Uh, uh, we've been... We went to uh, PAX West and did a whole crap ton of interviews for that. Uh, during that, um, I think we're going to do a couple of couple of things at uh, the upcoming OrcaCon up here in Washington. It's one of my favorite cons to go to because it's primarily just use it as a play con. We're just going to hang out and play games for crazy hours. But there'll be a couple of uh, podcast things we'll be doing there as well. So, cool, cool. That's awesome. We're continuing to truck along here. Um, you can see uh, for those who listen regularly, we've kind of tailed off on the interview roundtable side of things uh you know as we're all busy with stuff uh you know we cranked out just a shit ton of episodes and in, in a short period of time uh regular episode wise uh you know look at some other shows that have been around for a lot longer that are like just ahead of where we are in regular episodes so like we've way backpedaled out on that uh you know, with the introduction of doing, uh, you know, like sound effects and stuff in the uh, in the actual play podcast, like this eats up so much time uh, <laughs> that that it's diverted from other things. <laughs> uh, you know, we still have some of that stuff in the works. Uh, you know, I'm Sean will be on. You know, at least two or three more times next year or this year, I guess, uh, for various kickstarters and such. And uh, you know, we're, we certainly leave that avenue open for people to contact us and jump in and, you know, talk about games. We may try to do more of this kind of stuff, a little more roundtable-y kind of like just BSing about games and, and whatever, uh, just sort of like fill things out. But, uh, yeah, it, it becomes a time issue. And, I, you know, I'm, the, I'm you know, unlike the board games where like, oh, I got to get this new thing, you know, for the podcast, like, oh, I want to do this and that, and we're going to start doing this, and we're going to add this on the show, and uh, you know, at one point we were talking about doing the, the video game review style of like, you know, Rado or, or watch it played. I'm like, wow, there's, there's guys that are doing this so much better than we could even begin to do it. And then having to learn how to, uh, you know, edit video and stuff. So, you know, we throw a lot of stuff out and roughly a quarter of that stuff sticks when it comes down to just like sheer trying to do stuff. But, um, you know, I have a couple of things planned for the, um, for the Dungeon Masters Guild, uh, products for that, and I have a couple of little things that we're working on. So we, we do have some some other stuff that's coming out. The Patreon's finally up. There's nothing posted. If you want to throw a couple of bucks, uh, you know the dollar thing, you get the thank you and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I have to spend some time and go through and actually start to post things so people would give a shit to go and <laughs> actually <laughs> throw some money at it. But it's technically there. So that's kind of half off the list. 
Um, and, and, you know, we picked up our sponsor last year. Thing 12 Games is a uh, is awesome sponsor in the show. They join uh, Birds of a Feather Coffee Company, uh, who also uh, sponsored the show. You can get the Legendary Brew, um, which is really good, too. I like it. Did you let you order to finally? <laughs> Well, I, so I yeah I got the uh, the legendary brew quite a while ago and Did you? Uh, I also picked up the I don't know blackest night or whatever that was the, night owl yeah the night owl like I got that one as well so I need to get some more yeah the night owl was good too like that was my brew before and you know I kind of conned Neil into making coffee for this show <laughs> I'm like this is a really dumb idea like because I can't help you with anything and whatever and he's like yeah no I'll do it I'm like. Sweet <laughs> sucker, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's really good. Like it, you know, it's one of those things. Oh, you got to say nice things about the sponsors. Like I wouldn't buy the coffee if it wasn't any good. Like you know, Sean wouldn't be hanging out if you know the guys at Thing Twelves were like not good people and like didn't do quality stuff. Like it's what it is you know like you you surround yourself with good people and you know you try to do cool stuff moving forward and kind of like bring everybody along and uh you know for for us it's a lot of fun like this is the cool part about you know being able to do a podcast like we just get to hang out and like bullshit like (laughs) it's the best you know personally for me the, the the biggest thing that just came out of this entire conversation is putting a discussion to rest that me and beta have been having for months now <laughs> we finally know that it is thing 12 games <laughs> and not thing one two games see i do jesse <laughs> this is uh, you're welcome jesse for come for putting that to rest for yep, you that's all that counts now <laughs> the, the first question on the podcast was that kurt was like hey i've got a question <laughs> Uh, i'm here for the hard-hitting details (laughs) (laughs) you ask kurt to come on as a guest immediately just takes over the show it's like wait wait, wait, i gotta ask some questions yeah you know what's funny is i i actually had something prepared at work where i was gonna before you even started i was gonna introduce everybody and pretend like i was the host (laughs) and everything and then i got too tired and i didn't do it That would have been hilarious. I, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just like ruining all of John's ad reads with nice. stupid nonsense. So. Well, you know what? I, I cut that one after the Cypher game and I've been using it. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. So, I, so, a little inside baseball. I, I asked Sean and Sean, I'm like, you know, if you have ad copy you want to give me or whatever, like, you kind of like smooth stuff. Well, yeah, I cut like a little commercial. I was like, no, 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 no. Just, you you do you. you just like say whatever comes to mind you just do your thing i'm like fuck we've heard a lot of shows like come throw me a bone here <laughs> so you get what you get when you're you know you're getting you know sponsor reads here <laughs> and when you get me and beta and neil you oh. get awesomeness <laughs> well yeah all right i get it <laughs> Uh, well i thank you guys for for all coming on it was like kind of like super short notice and uh you know i just wanted to to get something out for the new year and 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 just you know get a chance to hang out and like just like talk about games because we do so much rpg stuff i mean you know we do the interviews and, and stuff with kickstarters and you know we haven't been doing as much of that and like i've just been playing more and more board games and just to 
you know, to get you guys, because you guys do so much board gaming as well, just to come on and, you know, chew the fat over it and then kind of see where things lay. Uh, it, was, uh, it was obviously a lot of fun for me. I appreciate you having me on. That was really cool. And, uh, you know, I had to deal with Kurt, but, you know, <laughs> some crosses you got to bear, I guess. I know. Yep. Sometimes you have to do the dirty work. <laughs> I was upset that you did not let me talk about my in-depth strategies about Popomatic Trouble, <laughs> but I'll let it slide for next time. All right. Well, we'll table yeah. that. I'll make a note. Yeah, I think I think one of our I think one of our other things we should do for 2019 is start our new new podcast, Three Ball Guys and a Guy with a Hat. Four ball guys. Technically two shaved guys. Yeah, whatever. You're bald. Quit with the shave crap. I shave my hair too because I'm bald as fuck. <laughs> Well, if we, if we get the if we get John Beta, then we'll have five bald guys. There you go. Nice, nice. We should have a bald guy roundtable. Oh my god, no one would watch that. It would be the best. <laughs> Talk about hair care products. No kind of hair. The one time, the one time, my aunt who worked for a salon, and when it went out of business, she's like, "I have a bunch of Rogaine. Would you like some?" No, I would not like some. <laughs> You bastard. It's cold there. Like <laughs> you get like four days above freezing during the year or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kidding, right? <laughs> Family's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> and you could quote me. <laughs> pull that out and make a note for the show notes. <laughs> cool all right well thank you guys for for coming on thanks everybody for for checking it out we had a bunch of people in the chat today so that was cool too uh we don't always get that so we appreciate it when you're hanging out and making comments um again check out the sponsors uh thing 12 games and birds of a feather coffee there's links in the show notes if you use the code legends 10 you're going to get 10 percent off your order uh, the Bird's Coffee, if you order the Legendary Brew, is literally roasted to order. Uh, if you put an order in on the site, it's going to get roasted within a day or two and shipped out to your house. You can't get it any fresher than that unless you're growing your own beans. Uh, it's really good. The Legendary Brew is a medium roast. It's just a little bit more caffeine than the Night Owl, so uh, you got to kind of weigh. Like, I go heavy caffeine every time, uh, so the Night Owl blend, well, it's good. Just it doesn't have the... The, the caffeine doesn't really help. Like, it's just, I'm trying to psych myself out. Like, you know, it's, whatever. Yeah, uh, you definitely don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> Thing 12 Games is uh, awesome. It's a small game company. They do, uh, you know, smaller, lighter fare currently. Uh, you've got the Dice of series, uh, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Dice of Pirates is the newer one of the two. Uh, I prefer that one a little bit more. There's a little bit more strategy involved. There's a little bit more. It's a take. They're both kind of take that games, but it has a little bit extra to it, which uh, Curtis Pimping, he's, he's showing on the video. That's right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> awesome components. Love it. Yeah, yeah, they're the, uh, definitely the the quality of the components and stuff in, in the Thing 12 games is amazing. Uh, you know, the sleeves for the click, click, boom stuff. Uh, you know, you got all your little tokens, the the meeples with the silk screening for, for Seals of Cthulhu coming up, the, the card backings. I mean, like, it's just quality stuff. It's inexpensive. It You know, it's not your heavy Euro game. 
right now. But, <laughs> you know, if, if you have a little something, you know, you're waiting for your D&D group to show up, you bust out Dice of Pirates or Seals of Cthulhu when it eventually shifts. And, uh, you know, you get a, a get a quick game in and uh, and it's a lot of fun. And it's, it's you know, you're supporting small local business. You're supporting people within, you know, our gaming community and you're supporting good people. Like that's, that's what it's about. You don't want to throw your money at people who are assholes. So... <laughs> I got the sponsors. <laughs> and you're supporting Sean's hat collection. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he needs the hats because he's bald. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Peace. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.